Kicking and Streaming Podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. We're gonna do it again, Lord. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. Boom, boom. Bam. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. And hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. My name is Graham, and with me today is the absolutely fantastic Jojo. Hello, Jojo. Hello, Graham. How are you? Oh, Jojo, I'm doing fine. And guess why I'm doing fine? Why are you doing fine? Because I ain't got no more options and shit, you know. I can't afford to not be doing fine. <laughs> um, the other thing is that if I complain, who cares? Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. No, but nobody, nobody ever wants to hear anything nobody like that. Nobody cares. Nobody <laughs> Why do we do this? I don't know, son. It's, Maybe because we're crazy. It could have something to do with it. Could have just just a, just a, just a scotching a little bit. It's quite possible. A little it's bit. Quite possible. A little bit of nuttiness. That's that's okay. Well, as long as it's not raisins, I'm fine with nuts. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Is the raisins that piss you off? Yeah, I don't like raisins. Oh, I child, like I tell you what. I don't. So. Okay. <laughs> You're not entirely white then, any? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, white people put raisins in everything, don't they? Dude. <laughs> like in potato salad, there's like raisins sometimes, and they put it in yeah. cake and stay in. Yeah, no, keep that shit away yeah. from me. I don't, I don't want no fucking raisins. <laughs> I love you, Jojo. <laughs> <laughs> you should give that shit away from me. Fuck off with your raisins. <laughs> Just, just no, no. You take a perfectly good, good oatmeal cookie and then you throw raisins in it, and it's like, dude. And every so often you'll see one, and you're like, oh my gosh, somebody made oatmeal cookies and they put chocolate chips in it, right? And they look because they sort of look shiny like chocolate chips, and then it's just little bits of shitty dried up grape shit. It's like, no, no, why, why? Don't do no. Yeah. Like that and should be illegal. It can look like 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 goat shit. That just yes. smacked on a cookie. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's just nasty. No. Yeah. Yeah, get your raisins away from me. <laughs> well, that was that was the rant of the week, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Raisins <laughs> can go to hell. <laughs> Fuck raisins. <laughs> right? So this week we are reviewing a movie, which is a prequel, if you will, to the series The Sopranos, the absolutely world-known Sopranos. And this movie stars, of course, the son of James Gandolfini, Michael Gandolfini, playing a young Tony Soprano. The movie is currently in theaters or in cinema in the United States and also is available on HBO Max. And since HBO Max is a streaming service of HBO, we have taken the liberty of reviewing this movie. So... 
Uh, Jojo, The Many Saints of Newark. Yes. What do you think about this movie? Uh, And um, disclaimer of yours. Yes, disclaimer. I need the disclaimer. I need the little asterisk at the bottom that says uh, Jojo has never seen the TV show The Sopranos. So I've never seen the, the series. I've seen clips from it. I've heard people talk about it. It was such a cultural phenomenon that I do kind of feel like I know about it kind of in the sense that if you have a friend who who talks about like their crazy family all the time and you, if you ever get to meet them you're kind of like oh that's that's nutty aunt aunt fred and <laughs> you know whatever but so this movie is uh i can see where some fans of the series are probably going to have some issues with it just because fans always have issues with with something i feel like but as a standalone movie i think think you can enjoy it. And I think it's a very good mob movie, gangster movie, if you will, for someone who who has never seen The Sopranos or, or maybe isn't a fan of them. I think that it's it's definitely something you can watch and pick up. And I don't think you need to have seen the series to be able to enjoy it. And I absolutely agree with you in that respect, Jojo, because the prequel of The Sopranos, Spoiler alert, is actually not necessarily about The Sopranos. And to be honest with you, if you knew some Italian, you will know that it's actually in the title of the of this movie, right? And I'm going to go into that in, in just a moment. But I do agree with you in the sense that, yeah, you don't need to have watched The Sopranos, the series, to understand this movie And as far as a prequel goes, as far as an origin story goes, it actually uh, focuses... The Sopranos are actually sort of like secondary characters. And it focuses more because the story is told in the voice of Christopher Moltisanti, who was played by Michael Imperioli. Christopher was Tony's protege, and it always refers to the fact that Tony, in his youth, was a protege of Christopher Moltisanti's father, who was Dickie Moltisanti. And so here is why you have the title of the movie, The Many Saints of Newark. Why is that? Because Moltisanti means many saints. This story is about the Moltisanti. And the origin of The Sopranos starts with the Moltisanti. So here's why you have the name of the movie, the title of the movie, The Many Saints of Newark. So that's what this movie, in a nutshell, is about. And I suspect that there are some more movies to come because there there was no resolution, to be honest with you, relating this movie to how the series started and how it ends. So what do you think of that, Jojo? I I think that that, that would be, I, I agree with you. I think that there is definitely going to be people who are going to be interested in watching it. I can see a big resurgence of people re-watching the, the Sopranos and also people who haven't seen it before, or who maybe were too young when it came out to watch it going, you know, I, I want to see what this is all about and watching that. 
and then that causing more interest in there being more movies and, and more side stories and, and more more prequels or maybe things that happen afterwards. So I, I see this becoming, you know, an, a, a much bigger franchise than it currently is. Not that it isn't huge, but lots more facets to the story coming out, I guess is a better way to put it. And you're absolutely right. I think that's where the whole thing is going, because there are stories that are today part of a universe, part of an incredible franchise that maybe 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, there was no such thing. And so because the trend right now is that any small story of a movie, of a series can basically keep growing and partializing into very different things. I mean, sequels and prequels have always existed. But the fact of the matter is there are so many stories to tell on any given story of any given story that a, an entire universe can be created and we we are living in this in this situation, right? Everything becomes a universe and I think it's a, it's a brilliant move to create the origin story of the sopranos but at the same time there are far too many stories that can be told within the sopranos universe and i think this is the reason why i suspect that there's going to be more to come as movies <clears throat> i would very much like for it to be another series right i mean there's a revival of dexter yeah. coming out there isn't it yeah yeah I, I kind of feel like, and somehow it seems like things seem to come back to Star Wars that don't have anything to do with Star Wars, but I kind of feel like a lot of this started with with Star Wars, I, I you know, because there was the original trilogy, and then George Lucas did the prequels before he did the sequels. <laughs> which he wasn't involved in the sequels. But now there's been a huge interest and a huge resurgence in telling side stories and in, in telling series and picking up these minor characters that didn't, weren't really integral necessarily to the plot of the, you know, they weren't the heroes or the baddies necessarily, the big baddies of the movie, but now they're going to be having their own series or they're going to have their own movies. Like the, the example was Rogue One, the Star Wars movie Rogue One is is just a little story about a side quest of characters that are are mentioned in one sentence in one of the movies, and it's it's a it's a great movie. It's a great standalone movie on its own, and you don't, in my opinion, have to be a Star a Star Wars fan or even know anything about Star Wars to find it interesting and intriguing and engaging. So I, I can see the same thing happening with the Sopranos in the fact that there are, there's such a large cast of characters in the original series and so many stories that could be told about very minor characters that could be completely fascinating and just blow you away. Yes. That's pretty much the whole idea. No, I mean, you, you're, you're right. It's, it's pro possible that we have George Lucas to credit for the trend that, today is so prevalent in, in Hollywood of creating sequels and prequels and things like that. It has worked very well for some, for some franchises, and for some others, it just doesn't work. I mean, it didn't work for the, the Godfather franchise. I mean, one and two seemed to be the only thing we needed, and we got it, and the third was bullshit. 
<laughs> so, so, so there's that. I mean, the idea of going back and telling stories that of characters that people people are curious about in the first iteration of the story, I think is a good thing. I, I think we need we need more of that. As a matter of fact, there's a series produced by Curtis Fifty Cent Jackson on 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 stars called Power, mm-hmm. and with power, after the first power, now you have, I think, and there's at least four different t- sides of power going on. Right? You have, they call it the power book, book one, book two, book three, or whatever, right? And the crazy thing is, like, those of us who've watched those shows, we buy into, into those partitions. And I'm perfectly fine with that. I just don't know, Jojo, if this needed to be a movie. I think it could have been a series. Mm-hmm. And perhaps the story could have been told better in in a series. Because to be honest with you, there were some uh, points in the movie where it kind of got really slow, sluggish, and frankly a bit boring. And I wonder if the decision to make it a movie as opposed to a series was kind of a, a testing the water type thing. Like, let's see what interests... Let's see what if there is interest in in something, yeah. and and if this does okay, then you know we'll open it up to maybe more series or open this up as a series, like kind of like, I don't know, like almost this was a pilot to a series. Um, I do know from what I read about it that as a box office and in cinema in theater, from what I understand, it did not do very well. But streaming, it's done, it's performed beautifully, like much better than expected. So I, I kind of feel like that is indicative of the way people watched The Sopranos anyway. I mean, it's indicative of, of the times, of course, anyway, and the fact that it's hard to go to the cinema. Yeah. But I think, you know, because <laughs> you didn't watch The Sopranos in the movie theater. You didn't go to the movie theater every week to see a new episode or, or, or every month to see a new episode or whatever. You sat at home on the couch and watched it. So I, I feel like having a movie about it go to theaters, just it's a different kind of an audience, if that makes sense. I, I absolutely agree. I, I, in the moment I read about the plan of, of making the movie The Many Saints of, Stu- uh, of Noir, I kept asking myself, but why a movie? Mm-hmm. Why a movie? Why a movie? Why a movie? And perhaps they wanted to grow the, the Sex and the City way with it. Other than that, I don't know of any other series that that had prequels released as movies. But but I kept yeah, I kept asking myself why. You know, because it's a rich as anything mafia related is it's a rich 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 series that could go on for 60 years <laughs> i don't know i mean there are the closest thing to <laughs> roman empire succession sure story yeah is is the history of, of of mafia families yeah right so that could go on forever and ever and ever yeah but but somehow they decided to do the movies so it makes sense, and to make sense of it, we have to at least ponder whether or not this is not, as you said, a pilot that they decided to do into a movie. 
Uh, I think the most brilliant move about this is the fact that they got themselves, at, they got Michael Gandolfini to play the character that his father played. So that tells me something, Jojo. You, you, you're absolutely right. I think you are onto something 100% here. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I think he did a, a great job playing his father. And I, I wonder how difficult that was for him or how easy that was for him. You know, was that, was that like a cool thing? Like, oh, I'm going to go play dad today in one of his most iconic roles. Or was it, was it a sad thing? Or was it just something he didn't even think about at all? Because he was so young when his father died. Yeah. And he is yeah. so young. Because when I was watching this, for some reason, I thought he was a little bit older. And then I was like, how old is this kid? Like, and, you know, he's like, I think he's 22, 23. And so I was, is that so? He's, he's, he's that young? He's very young. So I was, oh, wow. I was like, oh, God, this poor kid. But, um, he, he but did a fantastic job. He did a fantastic job. He really did. He really did. Yeah. Yeah. I think David Chase, uh, I may have said this before, but we didn't have a podcast when the Sopranos were going on. I think David Chase is a genius in the way that he created characters that are, whether or not they're mob bosses or within a mafia family, we can find elements in their everyday lives that we relate to, right? And this is why I believe that there's more to come about this about this movie and about the series because now we at least had a glance at these people as youngsters in their younger selves, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and... I always, I always knew that Levy or Livia Soprano, Tony's mother, was an incredibly toxic old lady. In that the majority of Tony's problems as an individual could be traced back to Levy being an absolute asshole as a mother. Yes. And, but we always, we've, we've always talked about the Dickensian quality of coming back to tell you, you know, this person wasn't always like this, right? <laughs> you know, this person is not just an asshole because they decided to be an asshole. There is an <laughs> origin to that, isn't it? <laughs> they, they woke up one day and were like, you know what? I'm tired of being nice. Fuck all y'all. I'm going to be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> if only it were that easy. <laughs> So I was fascinated by the origin story of Tony's problems in 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 the way it involves Livia Soprano. Why is a mob boss, a guy who is the picture of strength and machismo, if you will, why is that guy going to see a therapist? And why is that guy at his age why does he have mommy problems? <laughs> why does he have mommy problems, right? And what we could, as viewers, back in the days watching The Sopranos, attribute to Livy Soprano being just a cranky old lady, we realize that's not actually the case at all. Livy Soprano wasn't a cranky old lady, but rather 
a toxic a toxic mother from the beginning and she was just being toxic as an older as an older mother like it, it wasn't it wasn't anything that changed through the years is that Livy soprano was one of those people who had no business having kids and yet did have kids because that's what you did back then yeah. isn't it yeah yeah um and they don't they don't get better with age <laughs> Just like you don't wake up one morning and decide, you know, I'm going to be an asshole. You don't wake up one morning and decide, I'm going to be a good person from now on. It doesn't work that way either. So, yeah. Yeah. It it, it gets worse. (laughs) The other thing that is incredibly fascinating to me is also how Uncle Junior has always been sort of like my my folk hero of, of The Sopranos. Because Uncle Junior never represented to me what is the most typical about Mafia. Uncle Junior, which, by the way, I think was played absolutely fantastically by Dominic Chianese in the original story, in the series. Dominic Chianese was fantastic as Uncle, Uncle Junior. And when we get to the cast, of course, we're going to talk about the actor playing... Uncle Junior this time. But the relationship between Uncle Junior and Tony was always kind of strained. And Uncle Junior seemed to always wanted to take credit to to saying that he raised Tony, that he was he wanted to take credit for whatever Tony came to be. But now more than ever, we understand that Uncle Junior kind of like supplanted himself in the life of Tony. Tony did not himself seek Uncle Junior as his mentor. He looked up to actually Dickie Moltisanti. Um, and I can't help but think that the demise of Dickie Moltisanti has a lot to do with the fact that Uncle Junior was not necessarily jealous of, of Dickie Moltisanti's power, but rather the fact that he seemed to be occupying all the places that Uncle Junior wanted to be occupying, including having a relationship with his nephew, who sort of like had had a bit of an absent father, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. So these are these are my, my takeaway of, of, of the some of the origin original characters that always intrigued me. You know, Livio Soprano and Uncle Junior. Because <laughs> Now we know how Dickie Montesanti died, and we know who's behind it. And when Uncle Junior loses his mind through dementia in the series, Uncle Junior's biggest fear is that somebody was going going to come and take revenge on him because of something he did a long time ago, right? The problem is, in one of those hallucinations, if you have watched The Sopranos, who he sees incarnated as that someone who would come back and take revenge on him is not Christopher Montesanti, but rather Tony Soprano. And he ends up shooting, fatally shooting Tony Soprano. So that's 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 a that's something that is, is clearer to me today than it was ever. And I think that was very clever uh, to the story. Um, I was also happy to see how brilliantly cast the younger P. 
people wear. Carmela. The girl who, who, who appeared as a Carmela just briefly looks exactly like Edie Falco, like a young <laughs> Edie Falco. That was so dope. I was like, in the, okay, so we're going to go into the cast in a minute, but the guy, the guy who is playing Silvio, oh my God, the mannerism, that face in the standing and oh man, that was so identical. I was like, okay, I know that Michael Gandolfini is James Gandolfini's son. But who is this dude? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was amazing, JJ. I, I, I actually en- ended up liking it more than I expected. Yeah, I really feel like they pulled out the stops, uh, if you will, for for finding lookalikes. And, and not like car- cartoon versions lookalikes, but like, like you said, like, oh my God, that's them. <laughs> They found yeah. a time machine and, <laughs> and yes, grabbed yes. them when they were young and brought them into this movie. What in the world? <laughs> yes. I mean, okay, so you all know that Janice Soprano was played by Ada Turturro in, in the series. And they found a girl who looks like a young... And, and I know that they're supposed to find somebody that's looking like... I, I understand that. But we're talking about here almost like time machine-like. Like there is no difference. All you see is a younger Ada Turturro. And, and, and to me, that's, that's, that's fascinating because what are the chances that there's another actor that looks exactly like another actor, but like several, 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 several years younger? You know what I mean? Like I can understand if there is a double of Tom Cruise out there, a double of The Rock or Jennifer Aniston, same age, around the same age or whatever. But a younger, very much younger version is yeah. what fascinates me the most, isn't it? Yeah. And, and one that can, can you know, act. That That's, yeah. you know, that's another yeah. thing too. I mean, I know acting is a learned talent, but there's some people who are never going to be able to learn it. So, you know, I think that that, that is cool too to find find people that can can do the mannerisms and things like that. Yes, yes. I uh, had a problem. <laughs> For some reason, Ray Liotta pops whenever Mafia is talked about. And I had a problem with both the characters he played. I had a problem with both of the characters he played. And first of all, why? Why wouldn't this nigga just die and just go... <laughs> <laughs> Cast somebody else for fuck's sake. <laughs> Ray Liotta is the epitome of every mafia boss cliche, and I fucking hate it. I don't know why. Maybe I have a problem with the guy, but I that's 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 how I feel. Whenever I see Ray Liotta, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be fucking cheesy. <laughs> This motherfucker, right? Do you know what I mean? I actually, I actually do because I, 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 I share that opinion of him, and I, I don't know why I, I, I do, but I, I must have seen something that he was in at some point that just made me dislike him. I, I don't know, but I, ever since whatever it was, whenever he's on screen, I'm just like, oh, shut up, go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
which I mean, sometimes is good for the character that he's playing. It is somebody that you want to shut up and go away, but I, yeah, but yeah, sometimes. I mean, look, this is one of those dudes that you can never be convinced that he's playing another character. Yeah, he he kind of comes in he, and, and, and plays himself, and sometimes it works yeah. extremely well, and other times it's irritating. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's it's one of those things, and so I'm like, who is he supposed to be now? Because <laughs> like when when Dicky Monson went to visit the uncle, I'm like, oh, so this nigga survived. And then I realized, oh, so it's he's, he's his uncle. I guess they were identical twins or some shit. But it's just, 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 just there was nothing that could sell me Ray Liotta as as a, as another person. It just yeah. didn't happen. Yeah, agreed. All right. So let's talk about the cast in Jojo. Okay. All right. So we've already talked about Ray Liotta. I'm not familiar with Michaela De Rossi, but I think she was great. And the, <laughs> it's weird because, so here's the thing. When I see an Italian, I know that I'm seeing an Italian. I, I'm, I'm one of those weird people that can make the distinction between looking at an Italian person and a Greek person and knowing that one is Greek and one is Italian. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not... Like I'm one of those weird guys who 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 will see a woman from Latin America and a woman from you know Sicily, Italy, and tell you this one might have some Italian blood, but she's from Argentina, <laughs> and this one is straight out of Sicily, right? But Michela De Rossi was one of those that I kept looking at and always thinking, uh, man, she's yeah. She she's she's a beautiful mix to me. It's like I, I, I can't make her out. You know what I mean? Yeah. But she was dope, man. Yeah. She was really, really great in, in this character. She was she was really, really great in the character. And um very beautiful and very uh I guess the word is sort of vulnerable, but at the same time tough. Like, you know, she did what she had to do to get where she wanted to be. Unfortunately, it didn't really work out for her, but, but she was, she was, she was, she was good. I, and I liked, I liked the character. I liked the writing of the character. I did. I did like her character. I liked her toughness. Yeah. And I like the fact that she knew what she wanted. Yes. And she got what she wanted, you know, no matter the consequences. Yes. Because that seemed to be something that was only in in the world of mafia that's only reserved to men. Yes. You know. Yes. And and she took no shit, really. And I I hated the fact that I think she should have stayed quiet and not say anything. Yes. Yes. Because that... at the end of the day, Dickie didn't didn't even deserve the truth. No, no, he didn't deserve the truth. And I I don't know, her telling him, I I didn't like that in a form of storytelling, because one, it it cuts off being able to tell more of her story that I think would be very interesting. And two, I don't see that as something she would have actually done. I don't see that as being true to her character up to that point. You're actually right, Jojo. I think I think you are. I think you are right. I don't know why they thought 
that with her personality, that was the right thing to do. Because yeah. I think she was a bit more audacious than that. Yeah. Yeah. And a bit more understanding of the consequences of, of, of that. Of, uh, so I, right. So this is a character that was incredibly multidimensional and they somehow made her, her, her in, ended up being very unidimensional and, and, yeah. and took all the nuance out of her, her, her being. Yeah. Which, you know. which, which, you know, I mean, it sucks for any character, but it sucks too because she was a female character in a very male-dominated storyline, and it that you know, I just, I don't know, I, I, I didn't, I did not like that part, and I, I just didn't yeah. see it as the way. I'm not saying that she wouldn't have come to a tragic end because that's generally how anybody who plays with this sort of thing, but I just don't think it would have happened that way. Yeah, that's that's you. You are absolutely right. I, I I agree with that. I agree with with with. If I were writing this character, that's not that's not the way I would envision her ending. No. Um, on the other hand, I don't think that they had a lot of options as to her survival because, of course, this is not a character that we see throughout the series, and so she had to stop existing at some point otherwise questions would have arose right but but i yeah i hated her ending i hated the way she ended up you know and um it's a it's one of those things about about the movie so michael gandolfini we we like like you said he is his father's son his 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 (laughs) He's his father's son, man, and he's done an absolutely fantastic job. I have to talk about something that I saw with this movie in the casting. And it brings me back to, I read, I read an article with an interview of um, Brian Cox from Succession, the Scottish actor who played Logan on, on Succession. And he was being very critical about the fact that there is this insistence on actors have to had, most have had the same experiences as the characters they play in order for them to be, to be cast. And I ended up understanding where he was going with this and actually agreeing with him because his thought, his turn of thought is, well, then, what makes you an actor? Do you know what I mean? If you, as an actor, shouldn't be able to actually dive into experiences, the other people's experiences, and reenact them, then what the fuck are you? True. True. Very and true. And I know that we... Yeah. And I know that you and I have advocated many times and actually disagreed with the casting of some people playing certain characters. Yes. And the thing is that I think Brian Cox is, is actually bringing a bit more nuance into this, into this issue in the sense that a lot of people see this particular topic very black and white. And it's actually not that black and white. So where I disagree with, with, with casting 
is Sarah Paulson putting on a putting on a fat suit and playing a character that was a big woman. Yeah. There are tons of women who can who, who actress actresses who could have played their character. Simple as that. Yes. I disagree with that. I disagree with any actor putting on blackface to play a character of a darker color. I disagree with that. Right? But what I think what Brian Cox is saying is that it doesn't you don't have to be that person to play that person. And that's exactly the point that I see here. I shared an article on our Facebook group last week of Sarah Silverman making a criticism about Hollywood having a Jew face problem, she called it. And Jew face problem to her is the fact that a lot of just plain white people are playing Jewish characters who are Jewish. And I don't think if she's been well interpreted in that respect because what she's saying is if being Jewish is as at the center, at the core of the character, maybe it's best that this character is played by a Jewish person. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And one of her examples were, were the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Right? But the other example was of who who played uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg on on the basis of sex. Oh, Emily something. Yes, uh, I can't remember her name, but but yes. So 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 she was she also criticized that casting too. But I remember seeing on the basis of sex, and in no way she performed the 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 core of the character of Ruth Bader Ginsburg was about being Jewish, was it? Felicity Jones. Felicity, Felicity Jones. Jones. Yeah. So, so in that respect, I, I, I think that was a bad example, but I kind of understand her point, but I do understand Brian Cox's point too. And the reason I say that is because John Bernthal plays Johnny Soprano in Oh, Johnny Soprano is 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 should be an Italian is an Italian character, and John Bernthal, for all intents in, intense purposes, is Jewish German. So, what do you think of that casting? He rendered a very convincing Johnny Soprano. Should he not have played that character because it's an Italian character? <sighs> See, it's difficult when you get down to so many layers and levels of human experience versus culture versus... Because, <laughs> I mean, you could also say that, okay, you're Italian, but you're not in the mob, so you can't, <laughs> you don't get this right. job, right. you know, or you're Italian, but you never lived in New, York, New Jersey, so right. you can't get this job. Right. So I, I think there has to be, I think at some point there has to be a, a, a hold up, wait a minute, you know, why do we have... How far are we going to take this? How right? far do this we take purism, this? purism, if you will. Right, exactly. Because I, I do agree if, if a character, if a core, if a core 
belief, a core system of a defining reason for a character to be is their their color, their sexuality, their size, their trauma, then the actor who plays them should either be of that, you know, be be of that that size, that color, that that sex, or have experienced or at least be able to understand some of that trauma. But again, as you're saying, Brian Cox said, if you aren't a good actor, if you're, because none of us are, absolutely none of us know what it's like to be exactly like somebody else. I will never know what it's like to walk perfectly in someone else's shoes. It doesn't matter how close to my life experience they've had. We are two different people. Yes. But, would I be able to portray a convincing uh, image of them? Or would they be able to portray a convincing image of me? Probably so if we've had similar backgrounds, but that doesn't mean that we're the same person. So I, I think that acting comes down to such an art form, but you do have to take into consideration the sensibilities and the hurtfulness and the stereotypes that you can push and portray, especially with very underrepresentatives or very poorly represented people of society, um, such as transgender folks, um, people of color, indigenous peoples. That's, I don't know. You heavy people. There's not a whole lot of heavy people on television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you look. This is this is where where we're going with this, right? And I know that this is actually tangential. To to be honest with you, this is not an argument that is being presented in in terms of the casting of the many scenes of New York. It's just something that I wanted to to put out there because I've been reading a lot about this, and I know that you and I we have we have voiced our views in that respect. But obviously, as human beings, we review our views. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a perfect opportunity to review our views in that in that context. Because here's the thing. I've seen a lot of um, TV series and movies where somebody is playing, I don't know, a West Indian character, let's say a Jamaican And this person speaks with an accent, but when I hear that accent, I clearly hear a Trinidadian or a St. Lucian or, you know, a Bayesian or Barbadian. So, but the, the fact is, this person was cast as a Jamaican, accepted the role as a Jamaican, and hasn't even made an effort to, to mimic the Jamaican Patois accent. Much in the same way, they will cast anybody as Haitian in a TV series or movie as long as they can badly say some shit in Creole. (laughs) My God. I think a lot of it comes down to the performance of the actor, the writing of the character, and the dedication of the actor, too, to try and bring authenticity as much as possible to whatever role they're playing. And I do think that there are actors who can do that. And I think that there are roles that that can be overlooked in the case of the many saints of Newark. 
you know, I think that a non-Italian playing an Italian person is probably okay if, if they do a convincing job of it. And as long as they didn't knock somebody out of the running who, who was Italian and, and, and would have done a, a better job, someone who had a very similar life experience to this character. But I, 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 I do see that there is just, there is certainly a line there to a line there that needs to be, I guess, conscious of really. Cause I, 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 you know, you and I both rail against the fat suits and, you know, having a straight person play a, a, a gay person, a queer person, um, a transgender person. I, I think that there, that that is such a, a life. I don't know that that's something that you can properly portray unless you have have lived that life or have at least been able to, to be part of that life. I, I, I don't know that that's something that you can fully pull up from just uh, human empathy and, and research. Yeah, Jojo, you, I think you're, you, I think you're absolutely right. I didn't hear the rest of what you said, but you're, you're, absolutely right. you're always absolutely right. Jesus. So <laughs> continuing with, with these characters, with the casting, Vera Farmiga pulled off an entirely convincing Livia Soprano. And this is when I have to tell you, Jojo, maybe you should start watching The Sopranos tonight. Because the lady who played Livia Soprano, I don't remember her name, because she died while filming the show. And as a matter of fact, there were, she died slightly suddenly, and they had to create a CGI version of her for a last scene yeah, with Tony. I, I sort of remember when that happened, that it was a, you know, obviously very tragic event. And then, you know, everybody's sort of scrambling as to what do we do? <laughs> and my God, like, I was afraid of, of Livia Soprano. Yeah. Everybody was afraid of Livia Soprano. I I personally was afraid. Livia Soprano was a big trigger for me. <laughs> and, and, and Vera Farmiga did a fantastic job here, man. Like I said. But you have to see for yourself. Because that lady was dope. Vera Farmiga was dope. We say that John Berntal played Johnny Boy Soprano. That was Tony's father. Alessandro Nivola played Dicky Moltisanti. I don't know this dude. And I kept asking myself, who, who is this dude? What have you seen him on? I don't know. <laughs> so he's been on Jurassic Park 3. I didn't see that. The Art of Self-Defense. Disobedience in 2017. And, of course, The Many Saints of Newark. But this is not an actual, like, this is, he had the face of, I know this guy, where have I seen this guy? But I couldn't make out anything that I, I could say I had seen him in. And also very, like, I don't know, he seemed like a very polished actor. Uh, like, one who'd been around yes. the block a few times. 
yes. So yes. he, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what, but yeah. Gabriela Piazza played Joan Moltisanti. And I couldn't make out who the fuck was playing Polly Walnut, Polly Gualtieri. And it was Billy Magnuson. And he was very convincing. Very convincing. Polly Gualtieri was one of my favorite characters because he was... Polly Gualtieri on The Soprano was the kind of guy that you would just meet and say hello to. And all of a sudden, you're in a two-hour conversation, just him talking. And you can't even put a word out. It's like... <laughs> You just like have to listen to this motherfucker just rumble. <laughs> and, 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 and he was like, oh, my God. But you can't go away. You can't like just break, break away from him because he's terrifying. <laughs> if you don't sit and listen to his ass, he'll kill you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the kind of guy that Paul Gualtieri was. And, and Billy Magnuson was really, really convincing on that one. So I'm, I'm impressed. And then Silvio Dante was played by John Margaro. That's another dude I don't know. So apparently he's on the Umbrella Academy, but you and I don't watch the Umbrella Academy. No, I couldn't do it. I tried. I could not do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then Chorus Toll played Uncle Junior. And I'm glad they cast this guy to play Uncle Junior because he was a good Uncle Junior. He was a good Uncle Junior. All he had to do was put on those glasses, <laughs> you know, and he looked like a young Dominicanese, and that's why I'm expecting a sequel. Yeah. There's got to be an, another one. Yeah. There's got to be another one, because what do you think of Leslie Odom Jr. finally playing some tough guy? He t- I, I thought he did really well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was I pleased really... to see old Leslie Odom Jr. not dancing and singing and shit. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, shit, this nigga gonna be singing. <laughs> Nobody told me this was a musical. <laughs> <laughs> the hell are they gonna fit this in with the Sopranos? <laughs> shit, he gonna break out singing, man. Oh, fuck. and then I see this motherfucker killing people and shit. Yep. Being all tough and whatever, I'm like, okay, hey, Leslie, I see you, <laughs> nigga, I see you, my brother. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like that he, he was cast for this. Yeah, you know, this I was like, dope. I like that too. <laughs> this was this was really a, a a good little movie. I've got some problems with it. I'm, I've said what I've said about it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I I can completely see fans and and super fans and even casual fans having problems with it. But as somebody who has a, you know is as familiar as one can be without completely watching The Sopranos, I I, I thought it was good and and definitely not anything you needed to have seen The Sopranos to be able to watch and enjoy. I think they took good care in casting the minor characters who in the real series were very important part of the show, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I like about it. Mm-hmm. The fact that they got Michael Imperioli, even though he never showed in the movie as the narrator, 
But it was his story and he was telling it his way and it was his voice. Important for me. John Margaro as Silvio Dante was was impressive as hell. And Silvio Dante had a thing with, you know, with his hair because he was going bald and shit and he always wore a wig. And so you could see the origin of that because... You know, girl tried to touch his head and he's like, don't touch my head. Fuck off. <laughs> Samson Moesakiola, this kid has to be at least Polynesian in, in some way. Yep, he's half Polynesian, Polynesian half Italian. Samson Moesakiola. And uh, Moesakiola? Moesakiola. He plays... Big pussy bomb pensiero. And so, done a fantastic job too. So, I'm, I'm happy about this movie. I think it was, it was really well done. But I think this, the writing was, could have gotten better. Uh, it, it, it failed in the middle. It failed to be interesting enough. And I think that's precisely what they wanted. They wanted to give you something where you would want a sequel, who you would want to see another movie. Yeah. Unless they're, they're planning to do a revival of the series and give you, you know, the many scenes of the work, the series. So what do you think is going to happen here? More movies or a series? I'm leaning towards a series. Yeah? Yeah, I am. I'm really leaning towards a series. I think, I think it, it would be a smart move. I think so, too. I think that the fans are, are going to be more interested in a series than they are in, in more movies. And I think that it's a kind of story that is geared more towards being more interesting as a series. Like the, the longer writing, the just the format of a series. I think it's 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 better better placed for that. Yeah. I also... Finally, like the fact that we we can see that Tony just became a mobster based on circumstances, but mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily destined for that. So, because in the series we can see that Tony was always a half-hearted mobster. <laughs> like there was some more something more to Tony that we never knew about. Yeah, and then but some reason in Newark, being part of a fam- family of mobsters, that's what you end up being. And he ended up there. But there was a larger dimension to Tony that we we always wondered about. The sole fact that he, he sought therapy yeah. as a mob boss. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So so all of that is sort of like half explained, but we're not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. I I honestly feel like this was kind of a test of the waters and almost a pilot to to put out a series. I'm gonna go with that, Jojo, because I think I think you have a good smell about that one. <laughs> yeah. Did that come out right? Like, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jojo. Yeah. I said I say some shit. It's okay. So yeah. do I. It's fine. I can always blame it on English being my second language and shit. So. My third language, actually. My second language is Spanish. I was going to say, isn't English like, I mean, you speak like eight or 12 languages, so where where on the list is English? (laughs) Right, folks? 
This movie is available on uh, HBO Max, The Many Saints of New York. We kind of like it. Any other? Yeah. All yeah. right. I so, think... stars wise, where do you go? I say solid three to three and a quarter stars. Three and a quarter, man. You're getting, you're getting stingy right there. <laughs> <laughs> But the stars are you think, so I ain't going to mess with that. <laughs> Whatever JoJo say, that's right, dude. That's it. <laughs> of course, you can find us on social media. That's Twitter, Instagram. What's the other one? Facebook. Mm-hmm. Pinterest. YouTube. Except LinkedIn. We're on YouTube. So find us there, too. And good news. JoJo is back on Instagram, son. I am. Josie, how can they find you on Instagram? I am a KNS co-host. So kicking in stream and co-host. KNS co-host. Yes, sir. That's me. And I is on the Instagram as Mr. Puchetta. You will also find me there also on Twitter as Mr. Puchetta. That's M-R-P-U-Z-Z-E-T-T-A. So we have arrived to the end of the show. We hope you watch this episode no you watch the movie that we talked about and also tell us what you think if you if you are a Sopranos fan what did you like what did you not like I'd like to start by asking for the first time we're going to do this we would like to include your voice in our show okay so if you go on if you go to kihinandstreamingpodcast.com you can record a greeting with your voice All you have to say is, hello, my name is, I'm speaking to you from, and you are listening to Kicking and Streaming Podcast. That's it. So here you go. Hello, my name is Graham. I'm speaking to you from Charlotte, North Carolina, and you are listening to Kicking and Streaming Podcast. If you do that for us, we will include that in the next episode to come. We just would like to do that. So how about that? And it can be from anywhere in the world. It doesn't take much. All you have to do is go to our website and on the right-hand corner, you'll see a little mic. Record your voice and it will come to us and we'll, we'll put it there. What do you think, Judge? I think that's a brilliant idea. I do. We got any uh, aspiring voice actors out there listening to us? There's a way for you to get some <laughs> some uh, some exposure, and uh, you know, if you just like the sound of your own voice, that's another thing. And I think it's a brilliant idea. I'd get Frankie yeah. to do it, but he'd just bark. So yeah, Frankie just barks, man. <laughs> He's so furious when he barks. He's so angry. He's so angry. He's got anger management issue. That's for sure. So. He does, but he manages it by screaming. So, I mean, you know, it doesn't come out and attacking anybody or anything. He just, he just tells them to go fuck themselves, their family, and, you know. I like Frankie. Frankie's my boy. Yeah, he's my boy, too. He's a good boy. Yeah. All right. So we're going to call it a day, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for watching. This is goodbye. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Kicking and Streaming Podcast. If you found value in our content, please subscribe and share. We would also be delighted to hear what you think of this podcast. 
So please rate us by writing a quick review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all major social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Join the conversation happening today on our Facebook group.